back everybody to Han Talks First. This is a Star Wars show where we talk about everything in the Star Wars world and today we got a bunch of great things to talk about. This will probably be a shorter episode today. I got a bit of a headache and but I wanted to I wanted to make sure I came still did the show today. I got a couple of new things to announce about the outline for this show. One of which includes a a new schedule and uh, some other announcements, and also, of course, today's topics. Uh, First of all, uh, I want to thank all of you for joining us today. If you're an audio listener and you're interested in checking out the YouTube, we are live on YouTube right now, and I encourage you to do so because some of the things we're talking today require some... um, It doesn't require it, but I'm putting up some great visuals of some of the things I'm talking about, and I think you'll find them interesting if you come and check them out. Uh, but yeah, it's Monday. I hope you're all having a good start of your week. And, you know, you had a great weekend as well. I, I certainly did. Just very relaxing. I spent a good majority of my weekend playing my new VR. And if you were listening last week, you know that I recently got the Oculus Quest 2, which uh, I'm absolutely obsessed with. Give me one second. I'm going to make sure that the stream's coming through okay. Yes, we are streaming just fine. Okay. So yeah, I got the the VR, like I told you, I played Beta Immortal. There's a review for that on the channel. There's a, there's two parts to that, uh, all about Vader Immortal, episode one through three. The other game I just got was the Star Wars Tales from Galaxy's Edge, which is in some ways far superior than uh, Vader Immortal, in my opinion. It's just such a new original idea. And... It, there's so many more new gadgets you can use, and it, it's more open world than there are more is. It's still narrative based, but you have the freedom to kind of go wherever you want to in Galaxy's Edge, and it's re- the visuals are outstanding as well. I, I really, really love that new VR game. But anyway, that's it that's going on with me. Hope you guys are doing well. Let's start off by I'm going to tell you what you can expect today from the show. Like I said, we got a couple of great topics. Uh, Some, for example, are um, Paul Bettany wants to play Dryden Voss again. He is very eager to return role in uh, the solo or the Star Wars world, rather. Uh, I also have some new quotes from George Lucas saying, you know, he's still defending the prequels to this day. He says people don't understand them. We're going to get into that. A very kind of offbeat topic, which is actually... Something I found very interesting was uh, Star Wars uh, has a form of currency that is available in uh, the Southern Pacific, and it's actually legal to use and to purchase. So I thought that was really cool as well. So I'm, I'm going to show you some stuff from that. And finally, the last, our main topic today, I guess you could say, is uh, some updates on the Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadrons movie. Uh, I got some more info about the possible writer. 
and also some locations that they've started scouting for principal photography. In addition, there is also, I wasn't going to cover this today, but I will say a little bit about it. I have some updates on the Taika Waititi movie that I'm going to share, and I'll go into more depth on Wednesday for that. So since I got a couple people here, I'm going to go ahead and start off by jumping into our first segment of the show, which is Star Wars Replay. And if, for those of you that don't know, don't know what that is, well, we do it every week on the show. And here is this week's segment. I hope you enjoy. Star Wars Replay! Star Wars Replay is where we replay major moments and events that happened this week in Star Wars history. On this week, back in 1977, Mark Hamill was injured in a car accident requiring reconstructive facial surgery a day before he was set to shoot one of the final scenes needed for Star Wars. In 1982, principal photography began for Return of the Jedi under the code name Blue Harvest. In 1987, the final episode of the original animated Ewok series aired. And finally, in 2012, the novel Darth Plagueis came out. That's it for Star Wars Replay this week. Tune in next week to find out what major moments and events happened next week in Star Wars history. So there you go. I hope you enjoyed that. Uh, We do that segment once a week here on the show, and we're going to start doing those every Monday. It used to be every Wednesday, but considering that uh, the lore has ended, we're not going to do the Mando Talk Show right now. We'll return that back next year. But until then, um, our episodes will start to come out Monday afternoon. And for the podcast, they'll come out late afternoon. But you can still also expect an episode on Wednesdays as well. Um, me, guests, you know, whoever wants to come on, really. Um, but that is the new outline for this show. Um, there's some people in the chat I want to say hello to, such as Robin McFly. Hello and shy in spanish <laughs> uh haven't seen you before and very nice to uh meet you thanks for thanks for coming today um so check it out first off i want to say that there is a tipping option for this show for both the video and audio listeners now if you're interested in supporting this channel on a monetary level you go to www.streamelements.com slash han talks first slash tip there is also a link in the description below both on the YouTube and on your podcast listening app of choice. So you can go there. You can buy me a coffee. You can support this channel. You can, uh, you know, you can tip whatever you like. It's not expected, but it is very much appreciated. Okay. So I do have some other great announcements today that I wanted to share. Some of which uh, are kind of exciting for me. They can also benefit you as well. I told people on social media that I'm announcing my new sponsor of the show today. As you all know, who are listeners on the podcast, you know that I'm sponsored by Anchor. Anchor is a a podcast host uh, and distributor, and they have been distributing my show for um, almost half a year now, maybe seven months, eight months, somewhere around there. But I love them. But that that was last year. This year, starting off with a brand new sponsor. I'll get into them a little bit later, but I'm really excited about it, and I hope you are too. And we're gonna, I'll, I'll share that here in a little bit. It's a great, exciting announcement, but um, yeah, I can't wait. So let's jump into the first main topic we have here, okay? And that will be all about 
Paul Bettany, who recently stated he wants to play Dryden Voss again. And he also supports a Solo 2 movie. So he was being interviewed for WandaVision last week, or maybe it was uh, just a couple days ago, actually. And in that interview, the interviewer asked him if he, if there's any characters in all of his resume that he would be interested in coming back to play again. And the quote he I have here says, he says, oh, I would love to mess around with Dryden Voss. I would love that idea. So it's uh, that's honestly not the answer I expected to hear from him. He he has a whole list of great characters, but he definitely definitely enjoyed Dryden Voss. For those of you that don't know, adding him to that cast was actually one of the last decisions made for that that movie solo. The character Dryden Voss was actually originally portrayed by a completely different actor, and it wasn't until Ron Howard was brought onto the project that. Um, he asked Paul Bettany if he'd be interested in coming in. And what's funny is actually Paul Bettany reached out to Ron Howard and he said, Hey, I heard you're making a star Wars movie. I would love to be in one. And he was like, okay. And then he added him in as Dryden Voss. I have no idea who the original Dryden Voss was. It could be somebody else, but there's also the possibility that it was a completely new character as well. And maybe Kira was just us the singular bad villain in that in that movie but so it's a fun fact there and also there has been also a bunch of like rumblings that you know lucasfilm is interested in making a solo too uh if you don't know who michelle rejuan is michelle rejuan is the head of live action development at lucasfilm and so she oversees every every live action project for star Wars and, and, you know, Indiana Jones, everything like that. She's actually the reason why we're getting so many new television series coming to Disney plus part of the, part of the reason, not the main reason she was a producer on the rise of Skywalker. And she was also, I believe the producer on the force awakens, not the last Jedi for some reason. Um, And then after rise of Skywalker, she's been involved with everything else in addition to that, and she's in charge of the development for those, but she too has expressed interest in wanting to make a solo too. Uh, and there was one other person, one of the, um, I forget his name, someone who was involved with the uh, art department. I uh, can't remember his name. He's a big guy at Lucasfilm, has also expressed interest in solo too. So it's interesting that a bunch of these people are expressing their interest to come back. I don't think we're getting a solo too. One, not a lot of people liked it. Two, um, there's there's no revenue in that there's there's no money to be made but we do know that we're getting a land of a tv series so i think the possibility that dryden voss could show up in that is very very high it's unclear when in lando's lifetime that'll take place there was something i wanted to mention about uh the lando tv series that i don't think i've mentioned before and it is how cool will it be if this show has like the young version of Lando portrayed by Childish Gambino and the, but the narration of it, it would be a narrated show. And then the narration is done by Billy D Williams, kind of like a reflection on his life. Like back when I was 28, I went to like the the Kessel run and met Han Solo or something like that. And then it shows those events in like that current time with uh, Childish Gambino playing him. I think that would be really cool. And then you could have Billy D back and, 
I'm sure Billy D would be all over that as well. Um, but yeah, that was that was all about um, Paul Bettany wanting to come back and play Dryden Voss. Uh, I would love to know what you guys think. You should tell me below in the comments or on uh, social media what you think about that because I I know there's a, I have some people that uh, follow this podcast and they they share with me that they are actually really pushing for a, a solo too. So uh, I'll be interested to know what you guys think as, about that as well. Um, all right. Again, we are going to talk about our next topic here. Uh, again, I'm sorry, guys. I got a bit of a headache today, so it's going a little slow, but uh, I apologize. All right. The next topic I have here is all about George Lucas. These aren't recent comments he made, but these are comments that have recently surfaced because of a new book that has come out. Now, this um, this is all about George Lucas still defending his prequel movies and more specifically defending the dialogue in the prequel movies. So there's this new book that has come out called the star Wars archives, 1999 through 2005. I really want this book. It's all about the like behind the scenes of the making of the prequels. And it, it has a lot of stuff in there that we have not seen before. And hold on one second, guys, I'm having a bit of a problem with my stream here. So give me one second. Okay, I think we're good. I think we're good. If my audio goes out, uh, please, please let me know. Um, again, if you're an audio listener, you can hop over to the YouTube and see the um, see the video. I'll be putting up some images here and in a little bit to show you all about um, some of the other topics I have. But again, right now we're talking about George Lucas and how he still defends the audio. Uh, I'm sorry, the dialogue of the prequel trilogy. So. Like I said, in the new book, the Star Wars archives, 1999 through 2005, there's a bunch of new great stuff in there. And I found one article that mentions uh, an interview with George Lucas and the writer of the book. And he says something very interesting. Here's the quote. George Lucas says, the dialogue specifically between Anakin and his lover, Padme Amidala, is presented in very honestly, it isn't tongue in cheek at all. And it's played to the hilt, but it is consistent, not only with the rest of the movie, but with overall Star Wars style. Most people don't understand the style of Star Wars. They don't get that there's an underlying motif that is very much like a 1930s Western or Saturday matinee serial. It's the more romantic period of making movies and adventure films. And this is even more of a melodrama than the others. So he's clearly talking about Attack of the Clones here in this quote. Uh, we all have our own issues with the prequel movies. I'm sure you do. I, I do definitely. Uh, one of which I think collectively we share is the dialogue. <laughs> More specifically, the dialogue between Anakin and Padme when they're on Naboo together. Uh, I remember being, as a kid watching that, it really didn't bother me. It actually kind of made me uh, feel a little weird. Whenever I would see a movie with like a love scene or people expressing their love for each other. It made me cringe a little bit. <laughs> but I remember Attack of the Clones specifically being one of those that made me cringe a lot. Um, looking back on it later and stuff, it I, I get what George is saying. It's more of a uh, in-the-moment type of dialogue context. And so it's not it's not fluffy. It's not uh, colorful. It's, it's just straight to the point, you know. But there, there's problems with the consistency as far as I guess 
to the like to the overall story as a whole uh they just sit back and tell each other i love you oh i love you and it's not it's not interesting it's not it's not um intellectual and i think he's trying to defend it by saying it's like a it's like 1930s kids matinee cartoon style but the problem is you know that that style is out of date and i i think he's also kind of discrediting himself there and kind of putting his work down a little bit because i don't think you want to compare yourself to that type of that type of melodramatic uh, material because a lot of the work that was coming out in the 1930s from cinema was actually some of the best stuff and most revolutionary stuff we got as well so you had the, the silly kid cartoons and stuff like that but you also had a lot of really great very innovative stuff happening at the same time with good dialogue so I think he's going to defend himself to the to the end of time. Honestly, he he also knows he's not a good writer. Uh, when he was at the last celebration in Orlando back in 2015, he was there, and someone in the crowd made a comment about um, his dialogue. I think they said something like, "I I don't like sand." They screamed it out to him, and he actually replied with, "Yeah, the dialogue is bad." He's very aware of it, uh, and you know, I think he realizes he's a He's a good storyteller, just maybe not a good writer. He can write a good story on paper, um, but the dialogue itself does need some work. So that that was everything about that with the George Lucas thing. I find it interesting. I really want this book. If I get it, I will definitely be um, covering a lot more stuff from it. And since we're talking about books, I'll transition to my new sponsor of on talks first which i'm very excited to share with you today so let me get it ready here and here we go uh big thank you to the sponsor and um it, it'll actually be beneficial for my listeners as well so here it is uh the new sponsor for han talks first thank you so much for watching today's video is sponsored by audible audible is an online audiobook and podcast service that allows users to purchase and stream audiobooks and other forms of spoken word content and because you listen to my show i'm going to give you a 30-day free trial to audible just go to the link in the description below www.audibletrial.com slash han talks first my resolution this year is to read more books they make you smarter but they can also bring you closer to the things you love, like Star Wars. Now, if you're like me and you try to get your hands on every single Star Wars book you can possibly find, then you probably have the same problem I do, shelf space. But it's not just about that. Audible is the leading creator and provider of premium audio storytelling, enriching the lives of millions of listeners every day. Audible has everything you need, audiobooks, Audible originals, podcasts, and more thousands of titles and you can listen anywhere anytime on your phone on your computer in your car and they're always launching new content and it's less than 10 bucks a month with the audible plus plan but like i said you can get 30 days for free with the link in the description below www.audibletrial.com slash han talks first it's time to start listening my friends link below enjoy so yeah pretty cool right uh, i reached out to audible a couple months ago and told them i was very interested and how it would help um, when I do reviews for books and stuff like that on this channel. And they actually got back to me and said, hey, we love the show and we'll definitely you know, support you as much as we can. So, and it, like I said, it's beneficial for you too. You know, it helps me if you go to my link in the description below, sign up for a free trial. Um, and it also helps you because you get to read some Star Wars books. Uh, like I just mentioned before, I recently just got the um, 
two of the new um, High Republic books, uh, which they have um, just started releasing, and a bunch more are coming out later this year. Um, but that'll be something to keep in touch with. But yeah, so thank you so much for Audible for being the new sponsor for this. And thank you, you guys, for uh, continuing to support this channel as well. Uh, so if even if you're not interested, go to the link, check it out. See if it's something you'd want. Um, I do love Audible myself and have recently just started using it for the first time. So it's pretty cool. Anyway, okay. So we're going to jump back into it now. There was this, uh, There's this website called InsideTheMagic.net that is all about Disney, everything going on with Disney. And it, it's a very interesting place to look for for news and other kind of stuff. But there was something very small that I found on there that I found very, very interesting. And I'm going to share with you, that with you right now. So this is all about Star Wars currency, uh, speaking of money, uh, and how it is legal in some areas in the world. So let me explain here by reading you a bit from this article, okay? So there's a small South Pacific nation called Nui, and it's... Um, associated with uh, New Zealand. It's nearby New Zealand. But uh, New Way uh, is working with New Zealand Mint to produce uh, Star Wars-themed coins and notes. So they have different different coins and notes with Star Wars characters on one side, and then on the other side is uh, Queen Elizabeth II. And all of this stuff is found on the New Zealand Mint website. You can look for yourself. I'll put up some images here as well. Let me see if I can find it. So check this one out. This is a $1 note with a ray on the front of it. And of course, on the back is uh, Queen Elizabeth. But um, so this one is, uh, you know, it's it's value. It's It's actually worth $1 if you went to go use it as a store at the store or something like that. But its actual retail value of this to purchase is $49.95. But it's really, really cool. I really, I think this, I, it's something really small, but I find it really interesting. And New Zealand makes a wide range of coins and paper bills featuring different characters. This one is Ray, but they also have Jabba the Hutt, Chewie, Leia, Han, Luke, um, R2-D2, Yoda. They got tons of stuff. Um, another example here is, check this one out. This one is Han Solo and Chewie from A New Hope. And you can see the back on the picture of this one. This one's really cool. Again, if you're an audio listener, check out the YouTube page and go um, check out some of the pictures. It is at marker 25 minutes and 10 seconds. So this one's really cool. Again, this same as the other one. It's worth $1. But if you want to buy it at a retail value, it is $49.95. Uh, this one is really cool. I think you guys are going to love this one a lot. This is a coin, okay? And it's all, it's Darth Vader. And you can see the queen on the back of this. It's a coin. It is a coin. It's not circular, but it is a coin. And it is legal to use in the country Nui. Uh, let's see. This one is actually my favorite, or one of my favorites. Now, this one is worth $5 if you were to use it at the store. But to purchase it, its retail value is $199. <laughs> and I don't have a picture of the cases, but they come in like a very nice velvet um, box, wooden case, it's hand carved. They're really nice. So it's worth the cost just to put it out on displays, things like that. Okay, now I'm going to show you my favorite one uh, of the Nui uh, Star Wars um, currency. This one is absolutely beautiful. It is a 
a one ounce gold coin. Check this out. And it's the Death Star. This one caught my eye. I think it is absolutely stunning. Uh, it's my favorite one. And funny, it is also the most expensive one. It is priced at an astounding 2,900 US dollars. And I mean, it's eye catching. It's a gold Death Star and it features, um, you know, the Galactic Empire's most intense piece of weaponry. Uh, I think this is amazing. Uh, again, this one comes with a nice box set as well. Uh, it's beautiful. And you can actually use this, these coins and these dollars as legal currency in the country, in the nation of Nuai. But you might not want to because the retail value of them is greater than its denomination. Like I said, this coin is worth $2,900. And again, here's a picture of the Ray dollar and the Han Solo dollar, both of these at $49.95, and then the Darth Vader coin. I think these are fantastic. The coin is $199, but worth $5 at the store. So uh, these would just be for collected collector's value for me. Uh, I think they're, uh, I don't know why I thought this was so cool, but I wanted to share this with you guys today because who wouldn't want to look at this stuff? It's so cool. Okay, so that's it for the coins. Uh, I, I know some people are probably annoyed talking about coins on the Star Wars channel, but it, I promise. <laughs> um, I'm going to share, I'm going to jump into the main topic here now. Um, and then I'll share a little bit of spoilers for next uh, Wednesday or Wednesday's episode. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Patty Jenkins. Let's talk about Patty Jenkins and her secret writer for Rogue Squadrons. Now, for those of you that don't know, Patty Jenkins was announced to be directing a Star Wars movie called Rogue Squadrons based off the video game from 1995, 1998, uh, late 90s. And the writer hasn't been announced yet. Patty is helping write the story, but um, she's not penning the script herself. And so she has been saying that actually her and her writer have been working on this treatment for the story for a very long time, over a year, which is actually kind of impressive to hear considering we just now heard about the announcement last month. And to know that they're putting this much work into a good story before they even made the announcement, it shows that they're, they're kind of learning lessons from what they've <laughs> Lucasfilm has done in the past. So that was good to hear as well. Now she also said that the reason she hasn't made the announcement of the writer yet is because she wants him to make the announcement for himself because she wants it to be a special event announcement. Now this tells us two things. This tells us it's clearly is a big time writer, maybe writer director. And it also tells us it's clearly a guy because she said him as interview is done in variety. You can check that out if you want to. I don't have a link to it. Um, I just I read it briefly and I'm kind of taking what I remember from it. So the question is, who could it be? The theory here, the rumor here is it is Aaron Sorkin. Um, for those of you that don't know who Aaron Sorkin is, uh, he's one of my favorite writers uh, of our time he he wrote the social network the west wing a few good a few good men um he wrote molly's game directed molly's game trial of chicago seven directed that as well and he also did uh newsroom the tv show uh he's one of the the smartest writers i can think of of our time and it's rumored that him him 
that he is actually going to be the writer for the Rogue Squadron movie. Now, the evidence to back this up is Aaron Sorkin and Patty Jenkins actually did an interview together recently on Variety as well. And in that interview, they were talking about people they would like to work with in the future. And Patty said, you know, I would really wish I could work with you someday. And Aaron also said the same to her. And they were kind of hinting at each other that they could possibly be working on something together in the future. What if it is the Rogue Squadron movie? Now, if it is, what could we see from something like that? What what would an Aaron Sorkin scripted Star Wars story look like? Well, for those of you that aren't familiar with his work, he's a very political writer. Uh, he, he's very long-winded uh, monologues from characters, very colorful dialogue, all that kind of stuff. And in his directorial work, it's very fast-paced. Very, very hard cuts um, and very uh, just high energy, very kinetic movements of the camera. I think on that note, having something very fast paced is good for a war movie, especially something like Rogue Squadron. Um, I, I myself have never played the game, so I'm not familiar with its story. I do know it is about Luke and it is about Wedge and their work for the um, the Rebel Alliance. Uh, however, that's not what this is going to be about because uh, Kathleen Kennedy did confirm that it is taking place after the um, uh, Rise of Skywalker time period. So it's going to be it's going to be after that. Luke's already dead. Wedge is long gone. <laughs> um, but we can expect something very political. I, I I trust Aaron Sorkin to be the writer of this of this script. I really do. I I love his work. Not not just because of his colorful dialogue and the messages he says in his movies, but also because I think. One, he's a nerd, and he'll love Star Wars, and he'll, he'll write to Star Wars. He'll adapt his own work to fit the Star Wars uh, scribe and make it sound like it is Star Wars. He, he's a professional. He's a writer for hire. Um, he has said that in the past. You know, a lot of the stuff he works on now is what is like passion projects. Um, but at the same time, a lot of the things he's written in the past is by hire. So I think um, he knows how to how to get it. There was a concern that actually a friend of mine did bring up. It was um, Dean from um, Dean from Four Legged Gamer. He did mention, you know, a lot of his works, Aaron Sorkin's works, are based on uh, true events or novels or um, real life stories or um, like uh, sports, for example. Moneyball and Molly's Game are both based on uh, uh, sport athletes, and that was a very good point he brought up. So, I mean. Considering it has nothing to do with the original Rogue Squadron game, it wouldn't be a straight adaptation. So it would have to involve more originality and creativity to to pen a full story. And, but at the same time, I, I trust him. I think I think he'd do a great job. Watching the newsroom, which was an original piece. Watching, um, uh, there was something else that he did. That, Molly's game does have original aspects to it. It's loosely based on true events, but both of those are very great, very entertaining. Uh, and very smart films. And I really look forward to this as well. But not just about the writer for Rogue, or for Rogue Squadrons. Do I have some updates about? I actually have some updates um, also from Patty Jenkins as well on some of the cast members she wants for Rogue Squadrons. Some of it might actually blow your mind. Some of it might upset you, but we're, <laughs> we're going to find out. So given that Rogue Squadron is 
debuted to premiere at Christmas 2023. So we got about a little over two years before that happens. Three years. Um, it's probably going to be a while before we hear any like confirmed casting announcements for Rogue Squadron. But that hasn't stopped the rumor mill. No, sir. And I'm going to provide you with some a few possibilities here because according to Gal, I'm sorry, according to Rogue, I cannot talk today. According to Patty Jenkins, she has hinted to Kathleen Kennedy and other people at Lucasfilm that she wants Chris Pine and Gal Gadot to follow her into this movie. Now, this is reported from a Patreon page, and it's from a scooper at Lucasfilm. So it is hearsay, but it is a possibility that this is true. Now, Chris Pine and Gal Gadot, of course, are two of the stars of the Wonder Woman and Wonder Woman 84 movies. And the first one was great. Second one is causing a lot of issues and actually so much so that people are saying, uh, should we look, should we be scared for rogue squadrons? I don't think so. I don't think so. Even if, even if Wonder Woman 84 was absolute garbage and a total piece of shit, uh, I still think you can still have high hopes for um, rogue squadron one, because this story has a very important meaning for Patty Jenkins. Um, She's going to base it off her father. Uh, being a, a fighter pilot in the Air Force, but also because all of her she, her other work is all of all the other work has been absolutely amazing and outstanding. And even though a lot of people don't like eighty four, her other work still, you know, outmatches eighty four if you consider it a bad movie. But I still think we can have hope for that. And. um I wouldn't be surprised, honestly, if either Gal Gadot or Chris Pine showed up in this um, movie because Pat, uh, Patty Jenkins is also bringing Gal Gadot with her into Cleopatra. She's making a Cleopatra movie. And it's unclear when that will come out. Um, but it has been confirmed that um, Rogue Squadron is the next Patty Jenkins movie. That was confirmed. And again, so this is this is all the information we have about it. It's rumored that Gal Gadot and Chris Pine will follow her into Rogue Squadrons and be characters main characters or side characters who knows it could just be a little cameo but it's not too far-fetched a lot of directors like working over and over with the same people look at chris nolan for example freaking uh what's his name the guy who plays alfred he's in every single chris nolan movie um it could that could be uh patty jenkins lucky charm and again the other big news was that her secret writer for rogue squadron could be aaron sorkin i think the thing to take away from this is that they're taking their time with rogue squadron They've, they've taken a full year, over a full year, to write a treatment for a story, not even a script yet. And then we have three years of production uh, until it comes out. So I think we can have a lot to look forward to with Rogue Squadron. And um, Star Wars is in a good place right now. Okay, that was all I was going to talk about today, but there was something I wanted to share that is kind of um, kind of news kind of a spoiler i guess i don't know but i'll remind everyone again that uh, there is a tipping feature involved to the show at uh, www.streamelements.com slash han talks first slash tip in the description below wherever you are listening to this now and um, it helps a lot if you want to contribute to that as well but so the last thing i'm going to talk about here is 
let me let me find my notes on it. So it, it's updates on the Taika Waititi movie. I'm not going to give you everything because I'm talking about this on Wednesday, but I find it very, uh, it's good news. So anyway, uh, about two months ago in Scotland, uh, some some people over there, I forget who they were, but they work for uh, government, Scotland. And they were saying that there was a film crew out there. They were shooting photography in the highlands and off the coasts and some of the hills and surrounding areas. And it was a very small crew. And the assistant director was reportedly the assistant to Taika Waititi. So this is now this isn't they're not starting to shoot Taika Waititi Star Wars movie. They're scouting for locations so they were out there in um scotland looking for good areas where they could shoot this movie now it's a hillscape so this can tell us maybe this will be a location for a planet on uh, on this movie for those of you that don't know anything about scotland geography it's it's freaking cold it's gloomy it's there's never a sunny day out there <laughs> and um it's very very big grand uh, landscapes so high grass in the, in the areas that they were shooting at anyway but so maybe this can tell us a little bit about the Taika Waititi's movie that this will be a location for an alien planet maybe it takes place on our own earth in Scotland who knows um, but I thought this was really cool and interesting there's a lot more to talk about with this story I'm going to talk about later because there are other um, things that came out from this as well uh, such as what the movie is actually going to be about. I don't have a title yet, but I'm going to talk about everything on Wednesday's show. Um, we're talking about all about Taika Waititi and also, also some other casting news from Lucasfilm and other stories that they're creating. So yeah, that's it for today's episode. Um, again, like I said, we covered um, Paul Bettany wants to come back and play Dryden Voss. George Lucas still defends his dialogue in the prequels. Star Wars currency is legal <laughs> in the nation of Nawai. I'm going to show this again because I think it's so freaking neat. And um, again, if anyone wants to buy me some, it's totally cool. So this is the Ray dollar. So cool. Here's the Vader coin, which is shaped like Darth Vader. So, so incredible. The Han Solo and Chewie dollar bill. And my favorite, the Death Star coin. I think this is incredible. Um... Again, if you're an audio listener, go over to the YouTube and check that out. It's at the 40-minute mark. You can see the visuals there. But that is all we have today, everybody. I would like to thank you so much for coming on to this live stream, if you're here on the live stream. Um, and thank you to all the audio listeners. Um, again, uh, and thank you to Audible for sponsoring this show. It means so much. And uh, come back on Wednesday. We're going to talk about a bunch of great stuff. And um, tune in next Monday. And we'll come back with another live stream and a bunch of great videos coming out on the YouTube channel this week as well. So come check that out. It's about some of the stuff we talked about today and on Wednesday, but there are more, more depth a little bit and with some more fun visuals and stuff like that. But that's it for me today, guys. So thank you so much for joining us here today. Check out the social media at Han Talks First. We just did the Star Wars replay on there. You can go check that out. We're doing every, those every single week. And um, hit me up with any questions you have about Star Wars or about the show and we'll get your comments on the show. So um, somehow, some way, somewhere this week, may the force be with you. So 
talks first, you talk first, I talk first.